Welcome to Lord John Lander, the Outlander podcast for Lord John fans, where we talk all things Outlander, but especially about Jamie and his Sassanac. And sometimes we talk about Claire, too. We can't promise you much, but for the next half hour-ish, we can promise chaos and to make you question whatever life choices led you to listen to us. Before we get into it, this is your one and only warning that show and book spoilers are lurking around every corner. We're even going to spoil crap that never happened. Hello, welcome to Lord John Lander. We are your hosts. I'm Mistress Pandora. You can call me Pan. That's kind of a mouthful. And my co-host is here as well. Hi, everyone. It's Beth, uh, J-Sweet Bray. And we have a special guest again. Um, Ness, Geek in the Pink, is with us again. We had so much fun last time in that short little teeny tiny episode. We wanted to get her right back for the next one. So small. small episode. Couldn't get my opinion out at all. I thought I had to come back for a third one, you know. I'm so glad you did. Thank you for joining us. You didn't get to talk about Dougal at all. (laughs) Not at all. I have to get into it, you know. So, um... I'm going to go ahead and just say it because um, this episode is turning into the Macbeth of the podcast. It's kind um, of appropriate, really. If you think about is this is this the Scottish episode? Mm-hmm. This is our fourth attempt at recording it. <laughs> <laughs> One issue or another, like we've tried, like timing didn't happen. Like we just, because life, man, just life. Mm-hmm. And then we had Technology. some... some technology and then yet more technology and then mm-hmm. this evening it was like more life but darn it we're determined so mm-hmm. let's do it um it is <laughs> nearly 10 o'clock in the evening for us as we're recording this episode who knows what's mm-hmm. gonna happen yeah it's insane. And who knows what we'll say and i'm pretty sure it's curt it's cursed so it's yeah, cursed we'll, at this point we'll be, we're all gonna be canceled by the end of this episode somehow even though we're like <laughs> We're not syndicated. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're just trying to live through it at this point. Mm-hmm. So um, if it's a little rough, I mean, more so than usual, um, we appreciate you being patient. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. So um, <laughs> Beth wanted to talk about what a bottle episode is because we mentioned it last last episode talking about rent. Um, and I just kind of did the thing where I smile and nod because I don't watch enough TV or movies to actually have a way of speaking intelligently, intelligently about these things. So for our corrections and clarification segment this week, I'm going to hand it over to Beth and to Ness who do actually watch more than just Outlander (laughs) (laughs) and can explain what a bottle episode is. Yeah. So it's, it's, kind of apropos to uh, explain today because the Garrison Commander is a bottle episode. Um, And the bottle episode is basically, it's a TV trope and it is um, an episode where it's very contained into one spot um, and characters come in and out of the, the spot rather than, you know, like Outlander is typically where they're all over you know, the Highlands or North Carolina or wherever they happen to be. Um, and it's essentially started really with sitcoms. Um, if you, if any of you people are old enough to remember when, you know, sitcoms had like 26 
35 episodes in a mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. So many. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so many. And um, it was a it was a way to keep budget down um, and have, you know, a good episode um, that could actually they're very they're very good for kind of digging into the characters a little bit yeah. um, without a lot of distractions. So um, one example I'll just give um, if you've watched Friends before um, the episode, the one where no one's ready when they're all in Monica's in Rachel's apartment, trying to get ready to go out to um, Ross is getting some dinosaur award or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's how they said it. You know, it, oh, I'm sure they did. Someone too. made that joke. Yeah. So, but this is a bottle episode, and I it it's this is actually one of my favorite episodes because um, it really digs into the characters and um, we get to know black Jack Randall um, really well for better or for worse. Definitely for worse. Definitely for worse. Definitely for worse. <laughs> Definitely for worse. <laughs> yeah. And now that we've had so much time to uh, ponder this, um, I was thinking too, that it was uh, these three episodes, like specifically uh, rent the garrison commander and then even um, the wedding are like pro- I would say probably the most like I would say some of the most at least the three most monumental episodes of like the first half of season one and there's um, stuff all throughout those three that will affect the series until the end and definitely stuff that is super relevant um, until the end of season two um, very like specifically and the uh, this episode one hundred six the Garrison Commander. Is a bottle episode. It has that kind of self self contained story, and um, it will, um, yeah, it kind of digs deeper even into. Do you see different sides of Claire? You could even maybe you could mm-hmm. even argue you could see different sides of uh, Dougal, and then you even um, there's even a cast of characters who you'll never see again, which is kind of interesting, <laughs> and we'll get into that. So, yeah, this episode, like, I really like you said Ness this one and then rent and wedding and the wedding as well they really do dictate where the rest of the series goes mm-hmm. it really sets the stage as we are supposed to root for the highlanders and we're yep. supposed to boo hiss the british yeah that's, that's definitely what it is i mean i'm really american if you can't tell by my accent mm-hmm. um but i'm always boo hissing the redcoats except for lord john <laughs> just as a general rule um but yeah, so we we start this episode picking up right where the last one left off um, on that cliffhanger where Jeremy Foster has asked Claire, are you here of your own free will? And she doesn't an answer, which is the answer. So now mm-hmm. here we go to meet his superiors and we get trapped in this bottle. Ah, see, I was paying attention. There you um, go. <laughs> <laughs> we, get, we get trapped in this bottle with this cast of really annoying mm-hmm. officers. Mm-hmm. around this the, the most annoying peak annoying mm. and, and including uh one of your favorites ness the the brigadier general sir oliver lord thomas <laughs> what <laughs> what even okay and so um i think this is the, this this recent rewatch i think is the third time i've seen this specific episode um i do think it's one of those episodes where it's a i i think it makes total sense that it's one of beth's 
favorites, but I do think it like takes a lot of emotional energy out of me to be able to watch this one. So I don't watch it uh, in compared to the um, probably six or seven times I've seen um, multiple other episodes. Mm-hmm. So I definitely didn't pick up that name before this, <laughs> this, <laughs> this rewatch. And I was like, what does that even mean? And I can't be alone in that. Um, I've heard all those words before. I do not know how they connect. And I think Pan's going to explain it for everybody. Yeah. So um, I just Google crap for bungees. I'm on a list, I'm sure. It's so convenient for the rest of us who don't want to. (laughs) So I will link to my my wiki sources. Um, Actually, I did get some of this from the official um, British Army website. So I'll link that as well. But let's, okay, so his name kind of gives you a lot of clue. There's a lot of titles going on here. So Brigadier General is his military rank, the level of his commission. The American equivalent is a one-star general. But now, I don't know if this was the case back then, but nowadays the British Army considers this actually to be the highest rank of field grade officer and not actually a general. So that's And his, then break, that's his rank. break it down what field grade uh, officer means. So in this... and I'm not very awesome at this part of it, but in this case, it just has to do with where the command is typically held. So you would see a brigadier general is on, is going to be on the field in this case. That's not as often the case nowadays for the American military, but at the time generals led their troops into battle like this, like actually led them. Right. Um, Which is interesting because we'll kind of find out that, there's a reason why Black Jack Randall uh, doesn't have much respect for this particular uh, brigadier yeah. general. Because he's not actually been on the field. There we as far go. As, can tell. <laughs> as far as other characters will tell us, yeah. Right. Um, so then Sir Oliver tells us that he's been knighted, Sir being the the title of a knight in this case, or the, the honorific of a knight, Oliver being his, his first name. Lord Thomas, so this was a little bit weird because when you get into like the British nobility, unless you're just really, really used to it. And I don't, I don't know how used to it people are anymore. Um, But if that's his last name, then he's probably a baron or some other hereditary title in the vicinity. So that last, that last name there is the hereditary one. So he probably purchased his rank of brigadier general. He was honored with the title of knight by being knighted, a sir by being knighted, I mean, and then he was born with the title Lord Thomas. So this kind of, this is, this is an interesting rabbit hole that I have fallen down way too many times because there is this really important act of Lord John being a bratty little brother at the age of about 12 <laughs> that is related to this. <laughs> so we've, we've talked and alluded to throughout the course of, of the season that um, Hal and John's father, Gerard, died. He was murdered. He died under mysterious circumstances. He was a duke. Hal, being the oldest brother, or sorry, the oldest son of the duke, would have inter- inherited his title, the Duke of Pardlow. He had multiple titles, though. So Duke of Pardlow just happened to be the highest one. Um, Hal's an ass and turned it down, said, no, I'm not going to do it. I get it. <laughs> Come on, come on. <laughs> F you, Hal. F you, Hal. Okay. 
He doesn't. He had his his reasons. I know he had his reasons. I don't have to like his reasons, and I don't have to be nice about it. (laughs) So his father, as Pan mentioned, was murdered under very strange circumstances or very shady circumstances. Um, He was accused of being a part of a Jacobite plot, Mm -hmm. um, and there was a lot more going on. Um, And I think that Hal really, you know, not only did he want to be able to try to restore the family name, but I think there was a certain element of danger with aligning himself with his father because... Yeah, or or at least he thought so. Yeah, because his mother takes the um the the, the lower title as well yes. the dowager uh what is it the dowager countess, countess. right mm-hmm. yeah yes. so he took he took the lower of he, he got his panties in a wad and he took the lower <laughs> of the titles which was earl of melton um earl being the same rank as william ransom by the way um benedicta should have been the dowager duchess dowager just meaning the widow whose late husband held a title whatever but since hal's the head of the household now she followed his lead and calls herself the dowager countess which is really confusing if you're listening to and going wait he's a duke or you're reading the books and going wait he's a duke but she's calling herself a countess and that doesn't make sense um countess being not so intuitively the wife of an earl um can't really s an earl (laughs) it doesn't work but john oh Dear little bratty John insisted on keeping the title Lord John. So Lord and then his first name, which would be the proper address for the spare son of the Dukes. You know, the phrase heir and a spare. Um, Rather than the honorable John Gray, which would have been the proper address for the spare son of an Earl. But. But it doesn't roll off the tongue. It doesn't roll off the tongue terrible and our precious John deserves so, so much better and thank god for him being a bratty 12 year old although i like... just i just had this thought though can you <laughs> i just can you imagine jamie in his really heavy accent oh no no <laughs> oh no <laughs> with the oh no oh no that's terrible and so many syllables. Oh, yeah. No, There's no. so many syllables and they all roll. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. That's such a problem. It would really be like, be a nice uh, setup, uh, though, uh, for some uh, funny moments. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it overshadowed the major for sure. <laughs> the, the, the bloopers alone would be just. <laughs> yeah. uh, good. But I'm glad so, he, deserved, he deserved better. I'm glad he stuck it Yeah, so. Hell. So, yes, so that was either the very first F.U. Hal beat me to it, um, <laughs> or or both. It could be both of these, but a show of faith um, in their father. Yeah. And so there we have it. John's very important act of being a bratty little brother at the age of 12 and insisting on being called by his correct title. I'm so, I'm so, like, I keep thinking too, I'm like, um, so does that, what is he, I know he's a lieutenant, does he retire as a lieutenant colonel? Um, More or less. Something something like that, right? So does that yeah. mean he's yeah, got a crazy about. name like Brigadier General? I just have never thought about it like that. That makes more sense now, I guess, when I break it all down. Well, John wouldn't. 
No, he, he, would, he would never say it out he loud. Wouldn't. It's the most pompous thing ever. <laughs> if anything, <laughs> obviously they're in a formal setting, but like, if anything, John would be like, you don't want to hear this. You know, he would never say it out loud because he's like, this is There was a out. line in a book where someone was, was saying something kind of derogatory to him and he was just like, you can call me my lord or you can call me Lord John. Those are your yeah, choices. Yeah. Like that was- <laughs> we like it. I was going to say, I could see him using it like, in in a petty way like <laughs> like in a um oh, yeah. uh, what do you call it way a lieutenant leonard way oh, yes thank you lieutenant, lieutenant leonard, leonard. <laughs> that'd be fun maybe some of that but we're gonna devote the entire that. episode just to that scene <gasps> yes <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be a multi-parter that yeah, whole episode easily, oh easily. my god it's too much again there's too much it's the rent of uh season three so, okay. So speaking of trying to get um, awful titles out with a really thick Scottish accent, <laughs> Dougal does this thing. So we were really introduced from the beginning with this group of officers, how much these English soldiers really look down on the Scots, the Scottish people. Very casually, too. And, like, they don't care that there's, there's Scott there, that there's a woman who's staying with them. Like, doesn't care who's around. Oh, not at all. Yeah. They're awful. Mm-hmm. They really are. And, like, Dougal picks up on it immediately, and he has this excellent attitude about it. Like, okay, you think I'm a dumb Scott. I'm going to start talking to you like I am. Mm-hmm. And he's really kind of unintelligible. Yeah. For the first time. Yeah, and only, yeah. really. And, and the only time, yeah, that I, that, in, that I can remember, at least offhand. And uh, it's so incredible. <laughs> it's like one of it's the, the best. The best moments in the episode. And I is the first time ever where I turn on the subtitles. And, and not for reasons <laughs> of, like, kids screaming, just because I wanted to hear the words. And there's, there's like, pieces of that, of that two sentences or whatever that he says that I genuinely am like, I don't know what that... I can get the vibe of it, but I'm like, I don't know what that means. It's just wild. It, it's kind of the, it's the, the Scottish version of the, mm, bless your heart. Yeah. I've yes. Kind of, <laughs> I've done in the grocery store when someone is just being really rude, you know, like my, my country comes out and it's, oh, bless your heart. Your mama didn't send you to charm school. I'm so Maybe. sorry. I'm, I'm embarrassed for your mama. And they Even look at me like, I'm insane. He even says, like, at the end, he's like, if in it please you or something. Yeah, it's gotta be, yeah that's the best part. It's like, yeah, gotta yeah. be the direct correlation of if in it please you to yeah, yeah. bless your heart. Bless your heart. There you go. That's this is exactly what it is. <laughs> but we actually, so in between all of the, <laughs> the curses of trying to get this episode recorded, that did give us the unique opportunity to consult our Scottish correspondent on mm-hmm. this. And what Dougal is saying is really more Scots than it is English. It's not Gaelic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's more Scots, which really was not spoken in the Highlands at all. No, that it was spoken in the Lowlands and Mm -hmm. the, um, the Highlanders spoke Gaelic as their first language. And then what's called like Scottish English, which that's Mm -hmm. where you get the like bairn and, you know, it's a drake. I think I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Um, you know, or uh, like Ken and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ken and Dinna and those those things. That's more just like a, a 
just known as like a Scott. Uh, Scottish I see. I'm. T- I can't. This is. I can't even talk. <laughs> Scottish English. We got um, you. We got you. Which I think some people, and I don't want to get too like the more you know about this, but <laughs> you know, Scots people confuse. I think Scots and Scottish English, and they think that Scots is just a dialect, but it's actually. It it's really own is its language. Own language. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. the, yeah. Because even if those are like those, those two parts of those sentences, like you don't like those are not words that anybody who speaks English would recognize. Yeah, it's um, it actually I think broke off, um, from, from like older Middle English on its own. So mm-hmm. while English was developing on one branch, Scots was developing on another one. So. Um, it really doesn't have a relationship with modern English, except that it has a similar relative, ancestor, whatever. Yeah, that makes sense, more, Yeah, I, it, it's been described to me before, Scots has as, and if I'm getting this wrong, I apologize, please correct me, I will happily include it on a, on a correction. Um, it's been described to me as, Scots is kind of like the language you get from... English-speaking descendants of Gaelic speakers. Mm, interesting. Interesting, yeah. But it's still fun that he goes into it. Yes. A little weird because they did not speak it in the Highlands at the time, really. But I get the intention, at least. But yeah, the, the intent was definitely... Because it's like, it's <laughs> almost... It's, I love it because it's almost English and it's like, it makes you feel stupid listening to it, which is, I think, is exactly the point they're trying to get that across. That is exactly So I think it's forgivable. Point. I think it's forgivable. We could we could ask our Scottish correspondent if they think it's forgivable. I think it's for, <laughs> a forgivable, uh, uh, not historically, historically accurate, you know, moment. I just like it for the, hey, asshole, you're on my turf aspect oh, yeah exactly just, well and especially exactly. because you, there's so many minutes it just the thing mm-hmm. about this episode is that the way they really and outlander does this well in general but the way they just let these like rather incredibly beautiful moments or these like insufferable moments just like have the time of day to stretch on yeah. and on and on and make you so uncomfortable which later in the episode this will happen for the for a painful amount of time yeah this so is the yeah. first little like tease of it you just have to listen to them kind of bash these Ugh. characters who we've fallen in love with mm-hmm. um even you know love hate some of them and stuff like that but suddenly you just you suddenly get this fierce protection over them because of uh hearing these just assholes like just pompous pompous assholes speak so terribly and like like they're savages and like they're inhuman mm-hmm. and things like that and i feel like it's almost answering my own question from um one of the last two episodes where we were talking about Rent, which was, um, uh, why do we remember these characters so, um, positively when they did, did, uh, when they've done questionable things, and I'm like, it's probably because of moments like this, and probably because in comparison to, um, the Redcoats, and, uh, and things like that, and funnily, and then funnily enough, except for one, except for this one Redcoat, who I almost feel like it's like the John replacement for season uh, mm-hmm. one and uh, it, well, at least into season two. He actually, oh, this is a spoiler, but I it's wonder okay. if that, I wonder if that would even line up perfectly into John's um, uh, John's appearance in season two, first appearance in season two. Um, but that's Mr. Jeremy Foster, 
Well, we know John was at Culloden, mm-hmm. and Jeremy was mm-hmm. there too. Well, yes, so exactly. that's kind of interesting. So that'd be, yeah. I don't remember which exactly episode it is, so I'd, I'd be curious to see how that. I have to like, yeah, dive into that to figure that out. But I'm sure I would. I would wonder. But it's interesting too, even how the story sets up. Oh, but there's, you know, there's some hope for um, the Redcoats. Obviously, Claire's um, assassin act herself. So we get there's, you know, there's not like works. It's not like they're saying or anybody's saying that the British as a race is horrible people by any means, but like it's but the, but you, it's interesting how it yeah the story sets up this um, this seemingly good natured um, red coat. We are meant to think of characters like Jeremy Foster though as the exception, not the rule. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I just remembered he's at Preston Pans, not Culloden. Oh, okay. See that? Yeah, I was wondering if it was something because yeah, because there's so much at the end of season two there where it's hard to keep track of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and what I what's so interesting about Jeremy Foster too is he keeps he doesn't say anything bad about the Scots. He I think he actually says something vaguely positive about them. Um, I'm not sure if it's exactly in defense, but it's something generally positive. And then. Um, the only time he's kind of, you can really see him stand with his, um, troop, or I don't know what you call them, but, um, obviously aligning with this general, because he doesn't obviously have much of a choice, and that's what he's been probably raised to believe, is when Dougal makes this, um, comment, he has this small back and forth with, uh, Sir Oliver, and, uh, (laughs) this is one of my new favorite moments that I discovered, which was, um, they have a little uh, banter between them. And here it is. I wrote it down because it was so fun. Um, Jeremy Foster says, um, uh, hold your tongue or I'll have you. And he's about to draw his, um, I don't know if it's a gun or a sword or whatever, whatever they have. Sorry. There you go. The saber. At the moment. And then Dougal says, <laughs> uh, you pull that needle and we'll see who pricks who. And I'm just like, <laughs> the <Instant> tension. <laughs> like, instant cursorship. <laughs> The, the eye contact. <laughs> They're like really tall, big dudes who hate each other. I'm just like, well, easy. It's easy. Enemies to lovers, 50K. I might write it. I No, I Please? won't. But, um, I'm so... I, 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 if I write something, I will not be surprised. Okay, let's be honest, though. That is not the most cursed ship in this episode. No, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. It's, not the, it's just the not little the most cursed one. But, okay, so, but you're right, though. Jeremy Foster does defend Dougal's accent and kind of sort she tries to with you know with all due respect kind yes, of that's be, right. you know sir what's his nuts tries to say hey you're just because we talk different than them doesn't mean that they're wrong exactly, and Claire hops yeah. in too so we have this which I, which I love that moment because it's because yeah. I feel like you remember Claire being the one to defend him but it's really mm-hmm. Jeremy Foster who does it first which I just like stands why we stand forever <laughs> So it's it's kind of interesting. It's kind it, it is kind of a it, this is an interesting moment though when Claire starts to stick up for the Highlanders uh-huh, to the uh-huh. British. Yeah, and it's that shift from these guys are holding me prisoner. I want to go home. To well, wait a second. You're the occupying army on their land. Uh-huh. Like this is their home. The British are in the wrong here. And 
that really, you know, that har- it probably harkens back to her time in World War II. She's, she's had her fill of aggressors. Mm-hmm. I think it probably answers the question of why did she, at the very beginning of the episode, when she says mm-hmm. what she could have um, said, no, they're holding me hostage. Yeah. Um, I tried to leave was... and they won't let me. She says, no, I'm a guest of Clan Mackenzie. And I think when she starts to reveal, um, when she starts to, yeah, talk about her, I guess what they will later call her, um, Scottish sympathies. Yeah. Um, yeah. You get more of an idea of why she made that choice. Well, and I think she she's seen, um, you know, through seeing Jamie, the scars on his back, um, through seeing the the dead Highlanders on the road, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then just watching these jerks. <laughs> I mean, pompous assholes. It, they're not even funny, and no, it's just like they're just like it's like being. It's like being at a a dinner with like a bunch of like sales guys that used to be frat boys. Yes, and, I was gonna say ugh. frat boys. Yeah, yeah. It's totally and they is. just now they're, they're all just, in an MLM. Oh, you know? <laughs> oh, no. oh no! Um, yeah, Thanks and just like you, you just cringe the whole time yeah. because you're just like, this is so fucking uncomfortable like to mm-hmm. be sitting here oh, with these people i may be speaking from experience yeah. <laughs> i will yes. neither confirm nor deny um and it, i think that's also intentional because there's the theme of this episode really everyone here is an outlander honestly except for Dougal. Yeah. like yeah except for that he is in that moment with those people yes but yeah in in, in the place the though yeah uh-huh. within the bottle exactly yeah. <laughs> but like claire is with the english for the first time and yet she doesn't feel comfortable with them mm-hmm. she realizes that she's an outlander both ways now mm-hmm. and you can see her still struggling to hide things um mm-hmm. and trying to find um obviously she still has that single-mindedness from rent where she's still trying to find her way to Craig Nadoon and I think she's yep. trying to ex- I think if anything too she's trying to explore her options as to be- be- the way to best get there Without um, and she's finding out that McKenzie's under the bus w- yes exactly and yet, but yet she has she seems to find especially in this episode um, limits as to what she'll do to um, yeah to get I guess get what she wants and uh, well, stuff like that I, and then we have um, then we have the worst, always worst, but then also best. Okay, uh, it's yeah. best in the best in that you just get this like really visceral reaction every time mm-hmm. Black Jack Randall enters the scene. Effective. So effective, most but effective. bad in that that visceral reaction is nausea. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and I, I don't recall. Take, yeah. Like I recall being tense like the first time i watched this episode before i really knew yes. Yes. you know yeah. going back and having had a couple of years now since the first time i saw ep- for first time i saw season one going back for the first time after having had a chance to kind of really um unpack and delve <laughs> really deeply way more than i wanted to into yeah. all of the things that make up that reaction when he <laughs> walks onto a scene I, it's it's so much worse 
<laughs> you know it? Yeah, I, I think it is. I think sometimes it's weird. Yeah, it's like, so different. I, I was so I was warned about Wentworth before I even started watching the well, series, and so I had kind of an idea. Thank God, but so I had kind of kind of an idea. Um, but yeah, this is a situation where the second time around is not any better. In fact, it's worse. And shout out to Bear McCreary and the music in this episode. Oh my god, oh, yeah. so absolutely if pay, intense. If you pay attention to the music, and I found myself doing that kind of, I don't know, like subconsciously yeah. or something, um, it will tell you when he's lying mm-hmm. and like, or like when he's directly manipulating her, even if he's saying something that where you think the opposite. Like so it's, it's the music that tells you. It's so good. I'm like, oh my gosh. I, I just have to go back and watch so it again. You, oh, it's so good. Because there was a moment because I was trying to map it out in my mind because I was like, I remember the cat and mouse aspect of this, mm-hmm. but I yeah. don't remember how it goes. But I remember being so convinced at some at two, I think it was at two different points I remembered. I just remembered it was at least twice that I was like, oh, he convinced me twice that something decent was going to happen. And, um, because I think it was, like, being fooled over and over again really, like, caught me for a loop. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, so I reacted to the, or I was watching the second moment again, and the music! The music was like, oh no, like, are you not paying attention? Like, look at this creepy, whatever it was, buzzing, and that, like, and it's, that flat yeah. string. Yeah. That's just that lone flat string it's that wild. just holds. Um, there was a similar trick in The Dark Knight, if you remember that um, Batman movie with Heath Ledger as the Joker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The yeah, music, the the music in that one was just absolutely unsettling. Mm-hmm. And it's sense. that it's that flat chord played over like a lone string that's just a little bit warbly, but not enough to actually detect the trill. Yeah, which is wild because talk about another character who's always like three steps ahead of everybody else. And it just scratches right down your spinal column. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right there. So, masterfully done. Loved him in this episode. Made me anxious. And Tobias Menzies (laughs) deserves it all. So, good for Outlander for giving him his due and giving him music to back it all. And couldn't have played a better rat bastard. Can you imagine anybody else? <laughs> It'd be sacrilegious. No, it wouldn't work. I can't okay. it, would, it literally wouldn't work. I or it would, I, but it would just would not have the same effect even in a small Even way. like reading the books, listening to the audio books, I see him in my in my head. Yeah, it's like yeah, in there. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I I can't imagine anyone else playing him and I think part of it is that I think Tobias Menzies is like just a little crazy enough himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, like, seems real just, sweet, but what? Yeah. He but can I mean, access that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'm he not saying he's like anything like DJR, but I'm just saying, yeah, he knows a guy. He knows okay? a guy. Exactly. He knows a guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a yeah. little uh, masterclass he takes us through uh, this episode. I don't know how we, how we had the energy for it. It's it, 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 it he, bl- I can't even. He makes me not be able to speak. It just blows my freaking mind. Really, well, and one he's of the reason favorite... why it's so it's so exhausting of an episode. Oh yeah. yeah. One of my favorite moments of this episode is when, you know, and I'm skipping around, but you know, after he's um, told Claire 
his you know his version of the story of the flogging and mm-hmm. and they're they're kind of like they're sitting just like kitty corner to each other and mm-hmm. um and uh she's trying to like oh trying to kind of get sympathize get, or empathize yeah she's yeah. trying to empathize or sympathize with him and trying yeah. to like draw out like the good in him which yeah. is like it's such which a is it's it's what you want, right? It's what oh, you want as a so reader, much. what you want as a viewer. You want the redemption arc always. And you always want to believe that the, the characters are good deep down, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And Not this bastard. He, no, he just, <laughs> and he leads, he leads both Claire and the audience oh, yeah. to believe that he's going to, oh God, this guy's going to have this redemption arc. Like mm-hmm. already we're only on episode six, mm-hmm. you know? And then, nope, he just pulls the rug right out from under and oh God. kicks her in the process. So, you know, and, and it's that's just literally. Yeah. And that's the second yeah. one that I'm talking about where it's like, it drew me in so deeply so that what happens after that moment, like, I was like so speechless. And so, I mean, I'm like, I think I like, there, there was like gas. It's like you gasp from like yeah. the shock of yes. Well, um, and that's part of what makes it so emotionally exhausting is mm-hmm. that your expectations just keep oh, like you can't keep and it straight. And it's not even just him though, when you think about it, like, you know, Claire gets to the red coats and if you're a first time viewer, you're like, Oh, maybe she's gonna get to go home. Like you yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And then they turn out and you think, Oh, maybe they're gonna save her, right? And then yeah. they turn out to be totally pompous asshole like just totally unhelpful people and the you know sir olive oil you know (laughs) he he even though he's an ass like you still think that he's gonna help claire Mm -hmm. and then you believe his intention yeah and then he disappears, right? Yeah. And leaves her in the hands of Blackjack Randall. That's, su- that's another wild moment, too, to, like, go back into that room and it's just him and they're all gone. Yeah. That's, a, that's a really, like, I found that, oh like, kind of what disturbing. Did ha- like, what did yeah, he do to Like, what did he yeah. do to them all? Them? Yes, yes. Did he eat them? Are they exactly. in the walls now? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but, like, every step of the way of this episode, you keep expecting things. Mm-hmm. Like, you expect him yeah. to believe her stupid story when, when no, she's I shouldn't cry- even, yeah when i shouldn't even call it stupid she's actually probably the most convincing she ever, ever. is oh in the entirety you know, of the series in, probably. I, I mean yeah she's got to sell it for her life right now yeah like, yeah she's like under she's under the claw like she's like under the stare of the devil she's gonna like make it work you know exactly. and so you totally think he's like I mean, again, if you're if you're coming into this completely blind, you have no idea what's going on in the show. You know, you're like, oh, he's he's drawing her. Like, what is this oh, happening? Yeah. Is you know, he believes her. He's, and then it's every single time your expectation it just gets turned, and it it's not at all what you expect to happen. I'm, and I think that's yeah, even though it's emotionally exhausting. I think yeah. that's part of why it's one of my favorite episodes i think the it... tension never doesn't break until the moment after you think that he's bringing her to um yeah craig and Dube, into inverness yeah it's like light you think it's there's like this happy moment she's like smiling she's got tears he seems to have a lightness about him and then um something terrible happens and you like the, the tension finally breaks because you finally uh figure out 
um, his where he was all along. Obviously, he um, uh, assaults her super violently and terribly, and uh, makes another person who doesn't want to do it do it to her as well. It's so terrible and horrible to watch. Um, which will be a theme for uh, BJR uh, appearances in upcoming episodes until uh, he's gone. And um, he really what I th- on that kind of thing. Yeah, in which we learn. And what I think is interesting, too, is um, when you know that this is the trajectory of the episode, I was seeing things like um, at the very... or Yeah, sorry. So when she comes back into the room... And all the other officers are gone, including Sir Oliver, who told her that he will figure a way to get her to uh, Inverness. Uh, he's being um, shaved by um, another lower rank. Oh, a corporal. That's what it is. It's a corporal. And he is without a care in the world. He's very focused on his interrogation. And this corporal is <laughs> terrified for his life, as he should be, yeah. um, trying to <laughs> shave this man who could give three shits about staying still, and you is know, not a, is not afraid of the straight razor. Is not afraid of it. You know what? And though? like, you What's, know, so something that struck me about that scene. So, from the moment that Randall walks in to this room the, at the very beginning we see right away that he's an outlander among the other officers. Yes, yeah, he's, exactly. He does not fit in. He's kind of an outcast, which is interesting because throughout the first couple of seasons of the series, he's really used as kind of like this figurehead, this representation of the oppressiveness of the crown against the Highlanders. Yeah, just- I for- and I forgot how... Um. Yeah. Like how disheveled and like I just I I never right. remember that about him. I never we, remember that. About we him. don't think of him about like, no. Like we don't think about that when we think about him. No. When we fail, and yet it makes to. such an impact when he walks it into the scene does. for the first time. It, it it's like so does. It's, and and you know what I love about that too. This time when he walked in, because I couldn't remember exactly when or how it happened. I was relieved. I was like, yes, give me BJR. <laughs> I'm so sick. <laughs> I'm so sick of all the oil. I'm like not getting enough of Jeremy Foster. Dougal is gone, and I'm upset about it. I want it back, and I'm like, oh thank God, someone inter- like someone interesting, someone to, like right. rather focus on his insanity than these other dummies. Like I just, I was, right. I was relieved. But something I thought that was really um, something that really struck me when Claire walks back in and he's getting the shave is. That corporal is so terrified of him. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. terrified. And mm-hmm. honestly. And it should tell you a lot. Yeah. It does. And, mm-hmm. and like, honestly, if you have no idea what's going to happen in the future, mm-hmm. just that interaction with, okay, I get it. If you're, you're like, you're nervous because you're, you're shaving your boss with a straight razor, which is really weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like he can't do it himself. I mean, it, it, right. So, like, I can okay. I, there's some nervousness there, but he's like trembling. Oh yeah, while yeah, he's absolutely and warning him not constantly. Trait, yeah. Which is not a trait that you want in the person holding a straight razor to your throat. No. This is a general rule. But he's terrified. <laughs> he's absolutely freaking terrified. That struck me. Like it was almost jarring. Mm-hmm. How scared he was. So, like, what has he done? What has Randall done that this corporal that knows people about? Know. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, yeah. How much I of mean, his reputation does he already have? It, it's so interesting because 
we know so much about Jack Randall's psyche by the end of, oh, yeah. you know, season t- season two, right? It's mm-hmm. fucked up. That's um, what we know. <laughs> but, yeah, but we don't, there's... We don't, oh, oh, I love this. Yes, we, I know what you're going to say. What we know about him is so just little. like, it's so little, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there's what so much we don't here? know. And you there's like hints of things from his past but mm-hmm. it's never you know there's i think that's why those subtle- are so delectable and stuff too when you get his brother and stuff you're like oh my god yeah there's like someone s- gonna tell us why yeah, yeah, but they like don't subtleties of like mm-hmm. things that you might pick up on but you're not really sure mm-hmm. and it's just um so much of him just remains a complete mystery yeah no it's yeah it's so true so possibly unpopular opinion, maybe not amongst us three, but in general, I would love to have not a 400,000 word tome, but I would love to have a reasonable size novel about Jack Randall. Oh, for sure. Just a I want to know. Like, I, just, I, I would just like to see how did he get from Alex's brother Mm-hmm. to blackjack i would love to see that transition and you know what's fascinating too is when he tells um after he tells the, um his kind of side of the vlogging and then he gets into um oh oh you probably think me a monster i could be a monster and him and i mean tobias obviously sells it so in such oh, a way that makes me it. go um there's like there's so much in what he says and it's yeah. so vague about how I wasn't always like this. I just wanted to fight for my country. And this was, um, I thought this was a noble thing to do. And then I came here and I hate these people and I hate this country. And it's just like all things that it's like, Oh yeah. It's like, it's a villain, villain origin story. And like, um, I, I, like if you put even those vague pieces together, it starts to make sense, but it's like, why does he, what happened to him that he hates? Scott's yeah. and he obviously had a I can only imagine he had a terrible experience and all this stuff and then he talks about how he hates the world and he um and then yeah he has kind of lost all hope in himself and that's when Claire starts to reach out to him and things like that and it's, it's so interesting and it's still the third time watching this episode I I do I probably I do I probably do believe I like I I believe him because I it's okay and this is probably based on Tobias's acting choices but um, he, and he is manipulating her to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. So who the hell knows? But I do think there's something where it's like the lie is so good because of the heavy truth in it. And I even wonder if he um, is has even the mild, the mildest interest in her compassion for him, and um, if he even sees any hope in what she says or if he's heard these things before or like I'm so um I'm yeah I'm so curious about all that I think that if there is a hint of truth in the manipulation that he's doing it's a wistful one like oh, yeah. maybe maybe it's something he hoped for long ago but yeah, yeah that's what it not, seems like he does not entertain any hopes yeah, he's point. been there before, but he's kind of over it now. Yeah, and he sense. he really revels in it now. Like it's mm-hmm. he's just you know like, um, 
he doesn't even want to hope something like that because he revels in being this monster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, I it's interesting. We talked about, you know, you guys just mentioned like the, the origin story. And like part of me is like, of course, you're like always wanting more about characters and mm-hmm. understand them. But at the same time, like, I don't know, like, I don't know if, it, yeah, the mystery is sometimes better than the yeah, reality. I get that, yeah. And I don't know if Black Jack deserves to have his story told. Well, yeah. That's, there's definitely an argument there. Well, hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> hang, hang on. Let me, let me get some ketchup for this dead dove that I'm well, about to start. And then, too, I will say, maybe it's not Black Jack who deserves it, but it's Alex who deserves it. Sweet, sweet Alex. Ah, uh, see? There we go. So what, I was There you go. I, mm-hmm. I okay, so I see where you're going. I don't think that he's a villain that would do well with a redemption arc or like a tragic backstory. Oh, I don't want to yeah, feel sympathy agreed. for him. I like right, to be exactly clear. I don't want to feel sympathy for him. Yeah, yeah. I want to watch him implode because yes. it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you don't want it to be like, oh, he can. No, he's already he's past. The reason you want to know more is because he's already past that. Oh, he's way like I want to. I want to know the yeah, kind of. I want to know the steps in which he took yeah. and or didn't take. Was forced into like way back. Was he forced or was it just kind of a crappy choice and he made what he thought was the less yeah. crappy choice or was this just from the and beginning? Did he have a nature that was kind of uh, he followed? Yeah, you know, like, like yeah. I'm just I'm curious. I don't want to see a redemption arc and I don't no. necessarily want to see like a tragic backstory that's supposed to make you feel bad for him and, and sympathize with him. And I'm not going to get into why, cause it's way too early in the season for that. Shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just want to get down in the gutter with I him. Just, yeah. I just want to watch him burn. That's all. Yeah. Like, and I don't mean that in the fires of hell kind of way. I just want to see him break. Yeah. What? Yeah. What broke in his him? Brain. Yeah. What broke so I am terrified so of, um, DG kind of delving into her, uh, her, her, Ugh. her BJRness and the violence of that. I don't uh, actually. I feel like uh, I want to know, but I don't want okay. to read the like gratuitous so let me, let me, okay, craziness. Let me, let me, let me. I'm gonna do an early clarification slash. Yeah. I want to. I would like to read a well done fan fiction. There you go. Of a reasonable yes. novel length. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like it better. I, you know, I'd be interested too, not in just like what made him snap but almost like if it was like nothing made him snap he just kept making shittier and shittier decisions oh yeah and like what i want to see and like and like not giving a fuck and then like yeah almost just like you just watch him like i don't know just just you know become Gollum. you know (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That kind of like, to to an extent, like there comes a point in if you go back far enough, you find a point where it's reasonable, yeah. And then it's choice after choice. Like, okay, as a reader or as a viewer, whatever, as the audience, you're looking at this character going through this crap and realizing that I myself may have only been a few small adjustments in my life away from doing this exact thing. 
Yeah, I think that's what always That's where the villain yeah. stories come really like that's yeah. where the villain origin stories become really compelling is when as the audience you realize like, oh, well that made sense. That could yeah, have that, been me. Yeah. Oh, that made sense. That could have been me. Oh, that made sense. That could have been me. Holy shit, this could have been me. Like that yeah. is really cool, I think. And then I think it's fun too when you get and then for his story, I think when you get beyond that to like, oh, he's just enjoying the show or he's just like he, he knows he doesn't he doesn't feel like he doesn't have a choice he's enjoying yeah. it now because he uh doesn't see uh any other way to get around it um this moment led to this enjoyment like who you know that and then it gets starts and you can kind of delve into the dead dumbness of it all and yeah it would be just one just how we're talking about this episode where it's like so jarring because your expectations just keep getting flipped like yeah exactly yeah. it would be an entire book, a book of, of yeah. garrison commander <laughs> yeah although at the same time it's like um it kind of makes me think of like the 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 boiled frog metaphor right like yeah. It, yeah. if you keep watching him make these like incrementally incrementally worse decisions and doing these incrementally worse things like you can it, it's like, how far do you go before you realize that it's too late and the water's boiling? Mm-hmm. I wonder, too, how many people... Because it's interesting because... And I don't remember exactly because I didn't re- rewatch that episode. But um, Jamie has told Claire the story of his flogging. We know that it's Blackjack Randall and uh, Castle Yock. He tells her and you get some uh, flashbacks. You know he... Um, at this point, you think maybe he um, raped Jenny and all this stuff, and uh, so it's he's it's not like you believe anything good from him from the get go. He obviously had his first appearance in um, the pilot in Assassinac, uh, yeah. where it's like immediate villain, like you know, villainous um, behaviors. And so I'm curious to see that moment, the first moment where he um, it starts to uh, manipulate her with uh, with some version of with false kindness or whatever um and he says i'm not casual with women um i'm deeply ashamed about what happened about what happened with you when we first met because because i think it's and maybe maybe it is just a bias but um i just find it so convincing and it's i it's like i forget i forget that he's done these things and i've seen already seen that crazy look in his eyes when he's like flogging jamie well, I think part of that is the brilliance of casting the same actor as both Frank mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah, Blackjack yeah, yeah. Randall 100%. because you can't look at Blackjack Randall well, yeah. without being reminded of Frank and that can lull you yeah. at first into a false sense of security. Yeah. And especially to want a redemption arc, I think. And too, it helps, if you want it even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it helps later in the episodes when Claire goes back because you can't look at Frank without seeing Blackjack Randall either. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. See, and that makes so much more sense as to why people hate on Frank so intensely. I think, too. I think maybe there's a little tiny bit of bias there and things like that. We won't won't get into that because Frank's not in this episode. But I just thought of that as you you said that right now. But what I I did think was a little bit funny this episode was the moment where um, Blackjack um, sees Claire for the first time. He, uh, and he's putting together that this is the woman, um, that he encountered in the woods in the shift. And I just love their little staring match 
where is oh, it? It's, yeah. and it's so like on a it's also um bold and everyone <laughs> but i think it is the um olive oil who says who's hey. probably like oh, hello other people are in the room and can you tell us what's <laughs> happening because in that moment tobias mendes and katrina Balfe have never had more sexual tension in the whole series what? i swear to god i'm just like and her <laughs> weird little smile i'm like what is that about like aren't you i'm sure she's supposed to be challenging him like i like i get it but i just was like this is too and maybe i'm obsessed with enemies to leverage you could blame me but it was just a moment i couldn't really get over are you shipping blackjack and claire right i think now? <laughs> okay you're so... going like wait a minute <laughs> okay go for it you gotta bring some lightness to this, okay? With all the tension and all the <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna start making some shit up. <laughs> no, no, we gotta, no, no. But this we gotta is the thing. Screening these guests better. Than- <laughs> <laughs> I'll never be back again. And this is no, uh, I'm, I'm good because it's not me. Yet. Bring the on point is though. the point of this conversation in general is because this is the because I have seen because this ship is not me. This ship has been around. Um, it's not a popular one, but um. <laughs> That's an understatement so, oh, yeah, of the year. Exactly. So, but um, if you delve into um, the dead of uh, corners of the fandom, you will know that um, BJR um, Claire and like Claire Dougal is another one um, was <laughs> super hyped. Like, was like super hyped. I shouldn't say super hyped. Enough that th- that fan fiction was written. I've looked it up. Um, like it was like the first. Yeah, it was like. I think it's 2014, which was when the show um, aired. It had its moment. The fandom tried to get cursed and tried to get... And I'm sure they were, you know, um, run out of town, sadly. But, I would like um, to go on record as saying that was not me. I've done a lot of heinous <laughs> shit in this fandom. That was not me. But it's there, it exists. I'm not ruling it out. I'm just saying. And I don't get it, necessarily, but that was the first moment where I was like, oh, I get it. They wrote it because of this. Like, they got it for that moment where... Tobias and Katrina are just like having this really hilarious like stare down, and I and I got it in that moment. I got it. I just yeah. So I just thought that was needed to be mentioned. The the, the curse ships. So there's the, the thick of, of the uh, So there's thick of Dougal grinding Claire's corn. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, I can't yeah. ever get over that phrase. <laughs> That's it's terrible, and that phrase is used in one of them. Because, yes, I did go into a deep dive of the dual tag <laughs> to find, uh, see if there was any other fic other than uh, the few that I already knew. Um, and, yeah, that statement was used, which was great. Oh, yeah, there's, like, epic, like, oh, if Claire didn't meet Jamie, she met Dougal instead. And, like, um, uh, yeah, and this, I think there's ones with maybe, um, I don't I, I don't know exactly, I, ha- I haven't read these ones where they're BGR Claire, but um, maybe some with some redemption stuff for BGR, and then lots of people play with the Frank BGR, obviously, um, look-alike thing and stuff, so it's out there, it exists, and well, the show encouraged that shit. <laughs> well, and that kind of brings us to the, to the, close to the end of the episode after mm-hmm. they've left, mm-hmm. and um, Dougal's, <laughs> I always love this because, you know, Dougal's like, Okay, we're gonna have to make you a Scott. And she, the minute he, she says he's, oh yeah, she re- yes, exactly. He, he real when he says you have to marry one. She is so like, you know, 
and I am not going to marry you, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. he's like, it's Jamie. And she's like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> like, it reminds me of that, like, meme from, like, I, probably 10 years ago now with the, like, ain't nobody got time for that. And then the next yeah. one is like, oh, I got a little time. <laughs> I got a little time. I got a little time for that one. So there you go. Both ships were sparked. If it was before this episode, if it was this episode. I love it too because Dougal, you ha- will will never be as big of a, du- of a Dougal fan as you are during this episode. That's true. Where he's like such yeah. a hero and he's such a snarky and his snark like is used to the best of its ability for the worst kind of people. And and like him and Claire are a team and she's trying to protect him and tell him to get away while um, they think the Scottish are attacking him and he's so worried about her because he saw blackjack um go into the room and it's like oh my god you never they like they're best friends suddenly it's like kind of hilarious and they'll never be like this again and uh (laughs) but it was a moment where i was like oh this is nice and i could pretend that he was a hero and it was amazing and then the minute they're out of the bottle it's the bottle the bottle is a sacred place apparently the minute they're out of the bottle and they're in that um ravine or whatever it is uh he's back to like Minion's Creek. Yeah, he's yeah, back to like, uh, I'm gonna control your life. I'm gonna do this thing, um, and you obviously you think that um, he's gonna force because I don't think you know. I don't think you necessarily know that he's married and things like that uh, until later on. But uh, you and then yeah, I think the audience believes along with her that he is that you know he assumes or that sorry that um, he's trying to get her to marry him. Yeah, definitely. I remember the first time I watched being like, is when he said it was Jamie, I was like, oh, <laughs> like this yeah. is happening? How convenient. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's talk a little bit about the interaction between Jamie and Claire. We um, got to get to Jamie. We got to talk to him. How do we, he's, he's, he's barely in it. And yet, I mean, luckily, you know, we got, we got lots to, uh, to uh, concentrate on before he comes in, but then here he comes. Yeah, and a uh, sigh of uh, relief. Yeah, and uh, Claire is, you know, reading the wedding contract, which I'd like to point out that this is like such a huge like miss on the the writer's part here, where she's reading the wedding contract with his name on it, and then in the next episode she's like, right. I don't "Oh my even god, know your name!" Because it shows it. They show his full name. It's so oh my dumb. God, I like, all you had to do was take that out, or you had to like just cut the scene so that you just showed her name. Or oh, my I god. know, oh my god. so dumb. To be but, fair, he comes over and just hands her a big old mug of booze. Yeah, he does. yeah, she is Which getting is, pretty drunk. That that is completely, Once again, completely plausible. <laughs> that she's, is an understandable reaction. She's but I once again think, uh, being like drowned in the booze, even though she's saying, "Oh no, I have to keep my wits about me." It hasn't followed that rule at all. Not even a little. She guzzled I, the claret again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I do think, though, that it's you know we get the first glimpse of them being really like just open and honest with each other with their mm-hmm. conversation and uh you know it's cute because jamie is just like you know he's like so excited he's, he's so trying to, keep, yeah, trying to keep it together <laughs> he's trying to like act like it's no big deal like he's mm-hmm. like yeah i figured i'd marry you yeah no big deal like and he's like oh i'm trying to be cool. so self-deprecating about it he's like have some booze you're obviously like don't want to marry yeah, like, this piece know? of ass like <laughs> you know there's 
there's no, there's nobody else, you know, I'm not really much of a catch, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm like wanted for uh, for thievery, you know, you know, no one wants to marry me. Which to, is a good point. It is a good point. It, at least this is out that. of, out this of the, the frying pan into the fire. Yeah, because at least, because it really feels like, oh, how convenient, she's going to marry Jamie. And I remember thinking originally when I didn't know the story, when I was watching it as a premiere, I was like, oh, this is like, um, Usually there's just like a bit of a more subtle way for the characters to get together, like they like they now love first or some shit. But uh, it's like no, they're just gonna like. But at least they have that. He's not gonna marry anybody else. He doesn't have prospects. He really is the best kind of. He's mostly for the most part. He's well suited for this kind of insane um, save her marriage. And we we know we've already established that Claire likes bad boys. So yeah. So she wasn't gonna say no. She can pretend all she, she wants. She does not care about those red flags. She's just <laughs> not <laughs> let them fly, honey. Let them fly. Um, and I guess, I guess, in in uh, it's Jamie's defense here. Um, if you're gonna marry someone who's as wanted by the British as you are, <laughs> at least it's yeah. him. Like at yeah, least it's exactly. him, and he rolls yeah. deep with his <laughs> clan. So like, it could. <laughs> It could be worse. Well, and it he's got safer, and he, but it could be worse. And if, and if, as we'll know later, if she, if if everybody gets their shit together, he could be a laird. She could be yeah. marrying up. This could be a good situation for her. You know, maybe she's maybe she's doing some kind of windy road <laughs> in um to the to uh, a better life, like uh, Ala Galus and things. She's just kind of doing it in, in a on the offbeaten path, you know. She wants that Bonnie and Clyde shit. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) She's all about it. It But what do we end well, though? (laughs) Well, yeah. No. That doesn't end well. Can we clarify the the Jamie Bowler scale since he uh, he has his first close close, uh, as far as he knows at this moment, it's like his maybe closest encounter with um, getting laid for the first time. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, he's gotta be really excited when he goes and sits with her, you know, so. I mean, uh... <laughs> like, who's the booze for? Who's the booze for, really? Yeah, exactly. Both of them. Yeah. Yeah, so we do, we need to talk about the Jamie Boner scale, because there's, this is the only opportunity to, mm-hmm. to, to do this in this episode. So. But I think it's, I think it's a good one. I do too. Yeah. Pan, do you, do you have a, um, did you break it down? In your um, for I'm going to break it. I'm going to break it down now. So you guys are going to hear my clicking. Um, there we go. Oh, and I have to, we, me, you guys have to, go we have to go first. Cause yeah. we're just going up with our guts. Right. Um, so I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a four because he's excited but he's also nervous and he's been drinking. Uh-huh. So it's not going to like bring him down Whiskey too dick. much, but like, you know, he's like, like, I think I gave him a five in the last episode because yeah, he was so, yeah. like, you know, it was just step on me, mommy. And, you know, all that <laughs> shit. The but that this, the there's some, there's some nerves involved. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a four. Yeah. So four. I am also going to go with a four. Um, and the nerves make, complete sense hence he uh you know obviously he brought the booze and but i also think it's he's leaving some room for the rejection 
even though yes. she would be very stupid, even though she's probably going to be forced. I, th- I, you know, he's Jamie. He's got some chivalry about him. If she says no, he would have respected it. Yeah, and yeah, as absolutely. we'll see, he's not somebody who's gonna, um, yeah, make her do something she doesn't want to do. So he's, so he's like, I mean, he doesn't want to. He wants a chance to like uh, get rid of that thing if, if he can. So he's, he's not gonna let it get to a crime. You know what I mean? <laughs> Getting rid of his V-card. Yeah, there we go. Or so he thinks. So <laughs> so you guys went with a four. And this whole time, all I am <laughs> all I can think about is Pierre at this point, And I rated it. As two. you should. <laughs> well done. That is the yes, correct answer. Absolutely. I would like to point out this was the least bisexual episode of the series so far. <laughs> I mean, because Jamie's yeah. not in it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> How can it be bisexual without Jamie? Jamie's I mean, I mean, uh-huh. we, I guess, I mean, it kind of was, it wasn't relevant, but BJ does wax poetic about how much he um, has his weird, I'm going to say, I'm going to say loves Jamie just because I don't know how else to um, explain it, but for, for right now, but uh, yeah, there, there is it there, but it, you know, it's not enough. It's not enough because there's no razor in it. That's the problem. So what was your ending? Your your final oh, uh, two penises. Two, <laughs> two. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Did you explain? Just uh, all I can think about is uh, uh, not really. So I I can. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I heard it. This this one, just, so I was, I was just thinking about Pierre. So this didn't really do it for me. So like the timing oh, was meh. I mean, yeah, this is an appropriate time to, like, hot diggity. But, like, it just wasn't meh. It was just kind of meh. Mm-hmm. So. And, I mean, he, he thinks he's going to lose it, but he already has. But he doesn't know because he's uneducated. Right. I get it. It's I just get what kinda, yeah, It's a little lukewarm for me. It's not quite mm-hmm. as momentous in my brain. So, Got eh, it. two. Got it. This is the farthest off we've been, I think. Well, me and Ness were really far off in the last episode. Yes, we we were. We were on the opposite end. We like interpreted it completely differently. I like, but I I, like. I thought yours was totally valid, though. So, you you too. I liked it. I thought it was good. We just went in two different directions, opposite ways. Yeah, yeah. See, we can respectfully disagree. Isn't it amazing? (laughs) It's incredible. It's amazing. (laughs) Are we adults or something? I don't know. No. Oh my god. Uh, Don't accuse us of that. No, never. Age is a high price to pay for maturity. (laughs) All right. Have we beaten this horse? I think we've we have reached the end of our thirty minutes. Oh my gosh! Congratulations Um, to us. We, we finally made it through this episode. Knock on wood. Hope freaking Macbeth of And then it didn't record or something, you know? I, yeah, I was going to say, if we find Shut out up. it didn't record, Shut we're just up. We're not. done. We're just going to skip it. We're just, just going to yeah. wait to the wedding. Honestly. Garrison Commander never oh, happened. God. We'll, we'll write an essay up about it or something. So as our guest host, Ness, uh, you got to choose the fic recommendation this week. Mm-hmm. Once again, lucky me. Um, and the truly, and even though I looked, I did scour the 12 pages. Um, and, um, but a, but a, a fic that deals with, um, the very events of this episode and it's supposed to be, um, supposed to take place 
um, directly after uh, the next episode, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's very cl- close in the time frame, very much related to this. Um, it's called uh, Beg For It. And it is once again, as I am so loyal to our own Mistress Pandora. And uh, she tell- she had a fun time uh, one night and she <laughs> needed to get her stress and anxiety out. It was so fun. fun. The working there title few- of this was Punching Bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were there were a few of us present. It was great. We uh, we uh, and we encouraged it greatly and talked about it, sure it did. Um, extensively. Uh, and and real and I think I think this was like your first kind of deep dive into some real dead dumb stuff, wasn't it? And uh, this uh, was the, one of them. Yeah, this was yeah. this is the darkest. The dark. Yes. Yeah. So um, and now she's she's in it she's rolling with it it's a fun time um but this one <laughs> she is after dead dumb cherry she really yeah, honestly <laughs> she went there because she cause, yeah she she was not really uh it, you wouldn't think she'd write um a blackjack randall thing before this but she went there she wrote Dougal Bait bjr which should make you vomit and yet if you read this <laughs> i mean and you can if you vomit i don't judge you you're not me you're not weird like me but I, and so I got to reread it for this, which was so exciting for me, because I was just reminded about how, how genuinely I love this. I can't even explain to you how much I genuinely love this. Um, and obviously it's written beautifully and things like that, but uh, Dougal comes back to um, Blackjack to tell him that he has no um, power over Claire anymore because she is no longer an English woman. She is a Scot because she has married a Scot. And he, Blackjack, proceeds to grill Dougal about the detail of it, about how he's not going to believe um, that she's a Scot until he hears the very dirty details of the coupling <laughs> between the man and wife. Who is he more interested in? Read the fic and you'll see. It's so freaking good. It's so good. Please, um, for the love of God, read the tags. The tags read Every the tags. fucking one. Read <laughs> the tags. I it, beg you. I beg you. Wrong, read the tags. But, I'm serious. <laughs> I think if you try it, you will be surprised at how and however it satisfies you. It, it, can, it has flavors for, I think, a lot of people. It's so satisfying. <laughs> and I just recommend it, okay? I just do. So Sam's like, please read the tags. And Ness is right. Just ignore the tags. It's fine. Don't ignore it. Yeah, it has flavors. Some of those flavors are dog shit. Please read the tags. These are the every flavored bean. Oh, yeah. Read the tags. See the tags for therapy and protection. As always. As always. Thank you for I, the kind I, recommendation. I will <laughs> admit, I have not been able to bring myself to That's read okay. this one. So uh, I don't hold that against anybody. No, <laughs> no bad if you need to know about it. I'm just saying, if it even intrigues you a little bit, give it a chance. That is my point. You'd be surprised. We've ha- we've known some people who are like, no, 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 no. And then they've been surprised. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Read the text. I, I, to be fair... If I hadn't written this one, I wouldn't have read it either. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's like, it's strange even for you. And now I just know you this way. It's so it's such an interesting twist. Such an interesting twist. <laughs> there's, there's layers. 
the shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. But but you All might right. and if you hate these characters, you might even like like Panda. You might find it a fun punchy bag to read. You know what I mean? There's yeah, there's layers. Okay. <laughs> All right, you, you two are you two are grounded. We're grounded. <laughs> Probably we've, fair. We've extended this half an hour way too long. We have. Um, Ness, thank you so much for thank joining us again. you guys. And if I um, never come back, I know why. It's, <laughs> it's because our sponsors. <laughs> our sponsors. Man. Those we, we, loved, we loved you, Ness. It was the sponsors. I'm sorry. <laughs> I understand. I understand how this operation works now. <laughs> it's like 11 o'clock now and i just i'm officially so delirious yeah yeah i'm <laughs> capable of all ending right. the episode i'm not even sure i have all no right. idea we, gotta, we just gotta say goodbye, yeah. all right. say goodbye. <laughs> thank you so much for listening everyone we'll we'll talk to you next week <laughs> bye bye, bye. This podcast is not affiliated with Outlander, Sony, Stars, and definitely 100% not with Diana Gabaldon. All opinions expressed are our own, and we may not even believe them ourselves. In fact, nothing in this podcast should be taken seriously as a general rule. We may not even be real people. Does this podcast even exist? This podcast is not suitable for children, immature adults, homophobes, anyone who takes fandom too seriously, people who don't understand that the characters aren't real, people with sticks up their ass, people who hate fun, and people who have no sense of humor. Do not try any of these hot takes at home. We are professionals. The FDA has not approved this podcast for human consumption. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, the urge to send us anonymous homophobic hate, ringing in your ears, and constipation. If you experience any of these side effects, ask your doctor if dying mad about it is right for you. If you know us in real life, no, you don't. <laughs>